Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This is John Trooper. This is Kate Prusser. This is Julio Rodriguez. Produced by Evan James Audio. This is Lookout Landing Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Lookout Landing Podcast. Emergency Podcast Edition. Um, I am Kate Prusser. I'm not Grover, even though I think that was like a, a, a pretty good Grover impression. Apparently I have a Grover impression. Who knew? Maybe it only comes out when Jerry Depoto makes... Big moves, though, so we'll see. Anyway, I'm Kate Prusser. I'm the, the managing editor of Lookout Landing. I'm here today, as always, with our podcast audio engineer, Evan James. Evan, how are you? Uh, doing pretty good. Excited to talk about some big news. Big yeah, news. we got some big news. But John Troopin, once again, is not with us. So instead, we have recruited the person who wrote the blurb on this. Um, which has garnered, last I checked, a cool 627 comments in the two hours since it was published, which is wild to me. It's Grant Bronston. Grant! I'm doing great. Uh, I am uh, sweating either because of the heat or because Jerry DePoto just made his boldest move as the Mariners GM, and I'm not really sure which. Oh, dang. Uh, is this Jerry DePoto's boldest move as a GM? The Cattell Marte trade was really big. The Austin Nola trade, the blockbuster trade with the Padres that brought us back Thai France was really big. I would say, yes, as far as like the talent that went out the door and the talent that came back, like, yeah, I think this is this is the blockbuster trade of Jerry Depoto's tenure. It's not the kind of trade we're used to seeing. And honestly, like I had mentally penciled the Mariners out on Juan Soto just because, like, I thought the price was too high for them to be able to pay. Uh, I could see other clubs outbidding them easily. I just didn't even ever think about them in terms of the Luis Castillo sweepstakes. And then, lo and behold, here it is. And it was costly. Um, So just to kind of catch you up, if you don't know what we're talking about or don't know like what we're doing here um in case you were under a rock or something the mariners traded for all-star pitcher luis castillo out of the cincinnati reds so we continue kind of picking over the reds roster which feels bad i'm gonna say it i said it before i'll say it again like it feels bad i feel bad for cincinnati fans I hope they all know, like, 
It's not the same, but you are absolutely Reds fans. You are 100% welcome on the Mariners bandwagon. We would love to have you here. <laughs> this team does not exist without your team. Uh, and I think that we need to totally acknowledge that. And yeah, just absolutely welcome you in with open arms. Uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. We're glad to have you here. So anyway, uh, Luis Castillo is the re- is the return from the Reds. In turn, the Mariners sent... <gasps> this is going to be hard for me to say. They sent shortstop prospect Noel V. Marte. They sent real shortstop prospect Edwin Arroyo, which is the arrow in my heart over this. Uh, they also sent right-hand pitcher Andrew Moore, who's a reliever. He's been pitching in Modesto. He's been Modesto's best reliever. Uh, he's very good, but is pitching, you know, at the low A level. And they sent Levi Stout, who, another right-handed pitcher, who's been pitching at Double A Arkansas, I think has a lot of potential, has not kind of uh, had that get there this season. Um but definitely someone that I, I think the organization looks favorably on and the, the scouting community looks favorably on. So uh, three prospects from the top 30, two who were, I would say, the Mariners' two best prospects. Essentially, I think it was the... I, I don't care where Edwin Arroyo ranks on anyone's board. For me, he was the Mariners' best prospect and I might put him a little ahead of Noel V. Marte. It's really hard to say because he hasn't had all the exposure to higher level pitching that Marte has. Um, but he's like a sure thing shortstop. He's absolutely been a star at Modesto. He's got a star personality. I love him so much. It hurts a lot. But anyway, that's the deal. So I, I guess just like... Off the top of your head, for me, I feel like I wish that we had been able to get Emerson Hancock into that deal instead of either Marte or Arroyo. It feels very painful to have lost both of the Mariners' ostensible best shortstop options, knowing how thin this club is on the middle infield or the infield period. It hurts. It it, it really stings. Um but, you know, the, the upside of that is, like, you just don't get a pitcher, a, an all-star caliber pitcher like Luis Castillo, who is controlled for another year beyond this. Um, so not a rental. Someone who's going to make the club better for a while. It, it's very exciting. Uh, what, what are you guys' takes on it? Yeah, I think uh, at the end of the day, it costs a lot to get a lot. And you can draw a lot of parallels between this trade and the Blue Jays trade last year uh, to acquire Jose Barrios. Uh, Castillo's a better pitcher than Barrios, albeit a little bit older, but that trade cost uh, two top 100 prospects. One was a uh, former very top prospect who'd lost a little bit of prospect sheen. I think Marte you know, began the year as a, a fringe top 10 guy in all of baseball before uh, scuffling a bit, although his stock, I think, has certainly rebounded the last you know, two or three weeks. Um, and it took another top 100 guy in Simeon Woods Richardson, who in this deal is being taken by Arroyo. Uh, I, I agree with you, Kate, that Arroyo is the one that the name that hurt when I heard it was four minor leaguers and one was Marte. I kind of nodded and said, yep, that's that's what it costs. Um, but I, I think I expected the second piece to be Hancock. Uh, I did not expect uh, Jerry to go all in on trading the, the the middle infielders. I think that's the part that is the biggest sign that he's not messing around and, and willing to to go all in. Uh, so again, tough to lose prospect, but I'd much rather get a true major league ace. And I, I think Castillo is is definitely a, a front of rotation guy. It's going to be fun to watch him. I think this was the trade the Mariners had to make. And by that, I mean, this was the value they were going to get for the assets they had to trade at this deadline. And I think we got a little greedy or perhaps a little bit ahead of ourselves talking about Soto or Otani. And I'm sure they had those discussions, but realistically, when you look at the options and what they had to trade without giving away everyone, without doing a six prospect trade, um, this was kind of, you know, the realm and the scope of what they were going to do. And they did it and they traded away their two biggest pieces that are not on the major league roster. And I long 
you know, I even said today, I don't think they trade Kirby. I don't think they trade Cal. I think that uh, they keep everybody who's on the team together and they add to that core. And that's what they did. And yeah, uh, Noel V in particular, I think is, is tough to lose because he might've been here as soon as next season. Arroyo is further out. Um, Isabel in particular said something interesting in the Slack the other day, which was for this deadline, nothing was off the table if it was out of our current competitive window. And those guys are incredible prospects, but they are out of our current competitive window. And we traded them for a guy who is already excellent and might be might be our best pitcher straight up today um, in our competitive window. And that matters a lot. I, I was doing the write-up for this and thinking about kind of what I'm going to talk about on the other podcast uh, this weekend. And I've kind of come down to um, a bird in the hand is two in the bush, right? Um, the Mariners took two in the bush and got one in the hand. And that's really, really critical for what they're trying to do, which is break a nearly 20-year playoff I guess free to me, streak. it's just like and, uh, they want to do that. Like, you have to do that. You have to break the streak. You have to get in the playoffs. But uh, what I had really hoped for them to build was this like Dodgers like you know we've put so much money into our our professional development and our scouting and you know we want to build this perpetual motion machine and Arroyo Marte like I get like he was kind of a weird tweener because he wasn't exactly part of this competitive window but he's not quite part of the Arroyo Ford led window but now you've traded off what I think was one of one of, if not the most important pieces of that secondary window. So I wonder, like, how this is going to hamstring the club in years to come. Obviously, like, you don't worry about that if what you're worried about is being competitive right now. I'm worried because I've watched the Astros absolutely curb stomp the Mariners for her. Uh, five games straight now, right? We've still got two more to play with them. Um, you know, is it enough? Like, is adding Castillo enough? Like, not a single batter other than Adam Frazier tonight had a positive WPA, like, win probability added. Everyone was negative. Every batter got... I'm trying to come up with a way to say this that is nice, but I can't come up with it. They got shit canned by Justin Verlander. And like, yes, it was, was Justin what Verlander. is going to, what is going to fit? Because it is going to be Justin Verlander. It is always going to be Justin Verlander. They've had to face Verlander more than any other club. Too bad. So sad. That's how it is. Like six until his year, body just says no more, like this is going to be what it is. And the Astros are just, seemingly going to continue to come up with these guys and it's not always going to be as extreme as Verlander sometimes it'll be Jose Urquidy sometimes it'll be Framber 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 whatever Framber's last name is I only know him as Framber Valdez Valdez or John Gray is yeah. going to be Chris Sale all I mean sudden. it's just going to be like you have to come up with a way to beat the Astros and you have to come up with a way to beat the Astros that is perpetuating. So like, does Luis Castillo help you get past the Astros this year? I just don't know that he does. Oh, I think he gets you to the playoffs, which is great. I don't know if he helps you get past the Astros. I don't know that he does. To, to me, what's interesting is that I think that the Mariners could have benefited more from a stopgap type solution in the rotation and a star hitter added to the team rather than what will hopefully be a star pitcher added to the team and a stopgap solution at second base or backup catcher. Um, but I think the problem is that when you look at what's out there in terms of the, the hitters available on the market, it's a much thinner pool compared to the pitchers that are out there. So in the end, adding the best pitcher out there, uh, it's, a pretty easy win to say this makes the team a heck of a lot better. And yes, it's, you know, not easy to play Justin Verlander, but when you've got Luis Castillo going up against him and suddenly now Robbie Ray is pitching the third game of a series, I feel a lot better uh, gauging our team again against that. And, you know, you even talk about like a Justin Verlander type or some of the other guys that the Dodgers have acquired. That's, those are players they've acquired through trade. 
this is not just a uh, you know players come up through the minor leagues. You have to know which minor leaguers you're ready to build around and which ones you're willing to deal to get an elite talent. And and I do think Luis Castillo is that elite talent. Um, I feel better dealing for this much for Castillo than I would have for you know Tariq Skubal or maybe even Frankie Montas, where there's just more questions about their ability to you know really compete and really be that. Uh, that 65 grade talent that just kind of separates from the rest of the of the league. I like to be clear. Um, you could have traded for Tariq Skubal or one of the next tier pitchers, and it would still have hurt. Like it wouldn't have hurt this bad. It wouldn't have hurt probably like both Marte and Arroyo, but it might have hurt like Marte and Hancock or Hancock and Arroyo. So like I don't know. Do you want to just go both feet in and? pay the extra prospect ouch um, and get someone of Castillo's level. I mean, I think the extra prospect ouch makes sense if the team is also willing to spend in free agency to, to fill some of these other gaps. Um, you know, we're, we're essentially kicking the proverbial can down the road and now trying to figure out what the infield's going to look like in, in 2025, uh, 2024 perhaps. It's a good, you know, it, we've, we've got time to figure that out. Maybe that's going to be Cole Young is just going to somehow zip up through the minor leagues. Maybe it's going to be somebody else within the system. Maybe it's going to be a, a Brinks truck, sh- truck showing up at Trey Turner's house. I don't know. There's a lot of options out, out there. Um, but I, what I, mean, I like is that it, point, it, has, a- it has to be a, a Brinks truck at Trey Turner's house. Like, <laughs> I think it has to be two or no, three. No, literally. They have painted themselves into this corner. They've traded away anyone who could potentially be. I do, I do not think. I, I don't know much about Cole Young yet, but I think it's absolutely. You cannot bank on him being anything for. Like, you have to think of him as part of that next wave. So. And I wonder, like, how much they knew that they were going to do this because Young is. I call him, like, a high floor. Like, he's not as exciting as Arroyo. But he could move faster. So, like, in that way, like, maybe he could move into Arroyo's, like, with lesser, I think, lesser overall talent. But, like, could move into Arroyo's spot as far as, like, that second wave. You know what I mean? I I, I hear what you're saying, but I think I'm a lot less worried with how exactly the pieces fit together down the road. Um, I do think one of Jerry's bigger flaws as the GM is kind of boxing the Mariners into a corner where they need to acquire a certain type of player. Um, I think we saw like uh, this past off season, there was a clear need for the Mariners to sign a big time free agent. And now by the moves of trading both of these middle infield prospects, we're kind of boxing them into, Hey, you need to figure out what the infield's going to look like a couple of years from now. Um, I'd rather have a bit more optionality. I'd rather have traded a bit more from the pitching side so that we're a little more balanced that we still, you know, maybe we don't have a Hancock. We still have a brash, but we still have a Marte um, or, or an Arroyo. Um, I, I still don't worry too much about who's going to be the guy for the next wave because I want to make sure that this wave actually lands. Agreed. And I was listening to some national media earlier this week and they were talking about the Padres. And one of the comments that was made was the Padres grew their market share and their market size with their competitive streak and with you know having stars on their team and with some of the higher profile moves. And we are trying to make the playoffs, but you know, fundamentally what the Mariners are also trying to do is raise their market size and grow, you know, with Julio, with competitiveness, with this wave of prospects and and being good, they're trying to grow the fan base. And if they do that, it does put them in a different position to be more like the Dodgers and spend more and invest more in the team. And it changes the way that they might competitively organize themselves in the future. So I do agree that, you know, it stings. It really stings that they gave up. Arroyo in particular is a guy who just way has outplayed his his draft position and looked like a really special mm-hmm. guy for the team. But they've done this. They've put themselves in a position where they really could do this. And they've added... I think Castillo is probably going to be the best pitcher that's traded at this deadline, right? Who else is Who else better is going to get swapped this year? Anyone? I think, barring, barring a miracle, I think that's right. Barring some sort of you know, very strange trade where, uh, barring Otani, barring Otani, yeah, right. Yeah, being yeah, on the, on the, exactly. move. yeah. 
Absolutely the best available. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I do know that I do not think there is any way the Los Angeles <laughs> Angels of Anaheim, California, Disneyland, USA would ever trade the Mariners, uh, Otani, at least not. It, it, I mean, we would just have to transfer our entire farm system over to them. Um, I, ju I just don't you see know, any way it I've ever happens. So much. I thought about it so much. I like. I really did, and I thought about giving them our top five guys, and I think that they wouldn't take it, honestly. Which is hard to say, but I don't think they would for Hancock, Ford. Um, so that'd be Arroyo, Kelnick, and uh, Brash. Those five. I don't think they say yes to that, and that's a hard yeah, deal. I, mean, I just. I don't think there's any way, like in division, that. That that and they don't tra like those franchises don't like each other. Jerry trades with everyone. He does not trade with the Los Angeles Angels. So, um, we did get a lot of questions from people. Thank you all so much for sending them in. We got a lot of questions about like, hey, great, super stoked. What about a bat? Like, and you know, Depoto's comments kind of. Sounding like maybe it would like I think trying to set the fan base expectations that there would not be a big trade for a bat. Like obviously Soto's off the table now. There's no way they could ever make that happen. Um but also like, you know, kind of kind of the more big I don't know how much people were talking about, um, Castillo, not Castillo, uh, Contreras to the Mariners or any uh, people were asking like, oh, do you think Brandon Drury might be involved? And like, honestly, when I saw it was Arroyo and Marte, I was hoping Drury was also coming over. But no, uh, doesn't sound like sounds like they're going to kind of let it ride with the position players they have. They're banking on Hanager coming back, Hanager plus Lewis you know, internal upgrades. Uh, what do you guys think? They're more likely to trade for a relief pitcher than a position player, I would think, at this stage, right? They'd upgrade whoever Giles or Barucki, whatever spot they might take, relatively speaking. I mean, maybe there's just so little to trade with now, and I don't know. Um, I think there's there's potential there, but like also the bullpen has been really solid and the lineup has been shaky. So I understand people wanting to know like are there any more bats on the move? But first of all, I think there's like a very high price tag attached. Like it's the deadline because of the new playoff format, more teams are in it than ever before. So there are fewer sellers. And everybody seems to be hunting the same help. Like, people are not really looking for outfield help. They're looking for second base help, specifically second base. Uh, they're looking for catching upgrades. Yeah, they're looking for starting pitching. Like, it feels like everybody is kind of... And, and that's true of every deadline. Like, everybody's always looking for starting pitching, but... This time, specifically, it feels, to me, very narrowed down to, like, a few a few options that I think are going to be very high cost. I would agree. I also think in terms of the timeshare that's coming up, what they're probably going to do is send, I'm going to guess they're going to send Toro down to AAA because Sam Haggerty has played so well over the last month. I'm going to guess that they shift Dylan Moore whenever he's getting at bats more to the infield. So he's going to take the Toro spot kind of as a backup infielder. And then Mitch will slowly get those outfield reps. And it's not perfect, but I don't know. I guess my question would be for you two. Let's say they did want to go get a bat. Where exactly is it? Because I'm they kind of have somebody for most of these spots now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't necessarily see the greatest fit anywhere. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky! 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It has to be back at catcher. I think uh, you're you're right that there's no obvious fit. And I think, you know, if you're the Dodgers, you're willing to trade significant prospect capital for a guy that, you know, you figure out where to play him every day or you move him around. I don't think the Mariners are in that kind of a, a place as an organization. And the biggest black hole, I agree, is is at that backup catcher spot. Um, I don't think you need a guy to play a ton because Cal has just been so good back there. But you do need someone to make sure that he gets the physical and mental break uh, that, that catching just requires. Um, so I think somebody that he can uh, ideally even learn from, but just uh, some sort of veteran that can play once or twice a week and not be embarrassingly bad. Uh, sorry, Luis, you are not a, a great catcher right now. Uh, I think that's what they need to do. But of course, the problem there is Terence does not have any uh, remaining minor league options. So getting a new backup catcher means risking Terence going elsewhere. I think you do that because it makes you better. And they've clearly indicated they're, they're going for the playoffs this season. But to me, that's the, the only real void uh, on the hitting side without getting very creative and trying to actually upgrade an existing starter they did give Terenza a look in the bullpen today which is really <laughs> interesting you know if they're to try and give him a new role on the team super utility Luis Terenz. um we did a we did a piece on the site if you want to dig into this about potential backup catcher upgrades and what we kind of came up with was like catcher is one of those positions everyone's looking for everyone wants help at catcher um if so prices are high if the Mariners did cut bait with Terenz, that puts him, like, there's no way to save him, essentially. Like, unless you just bundle him onto the roster as another bench bat, which feels weird because you already have Dylan Moore and Sam Haggerty, like, and Carlos Santana and Ty France all taking up, like, DH slash first base slots. They don't seem willing to play him and catch her very much. Other than, you know, the what he's doing now, um, he would have to be DFA'd because he has out of options. And someone would, uh, some one of these bad teams would assuredly snap him up. Unless, like, your deal to acquire a backup catcher involves you trading Luis Terenz. And that's your, that's your deal. At which point you are... Saying, do you think Jacob Stallings is better long-term or short-term than Luis Terenz? Which eh, gets you into a real sticky... It's it's sticky. It's sticky. I think Luis Terenz is better than what he's showed, but he's in a, in a tough position right now because he's not getting regular enough at-bats. Um, on the bright side, like that means... Cal Raleigh is getting those because he is being successful in that. And so that kind of lessens the importance on backup catcher as a, as a, like backup catcher is if you're ranking things in terms of importance, like backup catcher is pretty far down there. Like it's right above or maybe below having a speed guy who can run bases for you in extra innings, right? Like uh, well below super utility guy. Backup catcher is just not that important. Um, it is something that's tough because it's a black hole. It, it's almost a luxury to be able to think about it because it means you don't have bigger problems to think about. So I think what we determined in our article is like there are uh, upgrades out there. We don't feel like the Mariners are going to pursue any of them because we think that they are going to Dick with Tourette, like, because any of them involve giving up Luis Torrens, period. And I just, I don't, I don't, yeah, I think I would rather roll the dice on Torrens than Jacob Stallings or uh, any of the Tigers catchers or anything like that. So I think uh, I'd, I'd probably rather roll the dice on somebody else, but I, I see what you're saying, given that it would cost extra prospects. It's, it's really too bad for Luis Torrens that uh, his contract and options situation is actually preventing him now from getting the development that he yeah. needs. Um, I think that's the, the biggest bummer of this whole situation. Um, 
But I, I, I think right now that the two obvious holes on the Mariners roster are uh, Luis Torrens at backup catcher and Abraham Toro starting games for the Seattle Mariners. And uh, yes, one Hanager comes back, that shouldn't be a huge issue. But I also know that counting on Hanager, Lewis, and just everybody else on the team to stay healthy is, is not the safest bet. And so I wouldn't mind getting one more player, filling one more hole. And to me, even with the slim pickings at backup catcher, I still feel like that's the, the best slot. But like you said, Kate, there just aren't great options. There's no obvious fit or obvious upgrade yeah. that, uh, that will say, oh, yeah, like that the- won't cost much and will make us way better. Yeah, the thing, I mean, it's backup catcher, so nothing's going to make you way better. The thing with Stallings would be bringing in a defensively first catcher, like a catcher who has been, who has won a gold glove at cat, like a, like a legitimate good defensive catcher who, like, theoretically could kind of take Raleigh under his wing, right, and, you know, mentor him, blah, blah, blah. So instead of Cal Raleigh having to, like, gather his cojones to go yell at Robbie Ray like he did at Matt Brash tonight, where he was like, don't shake me, uh, which was is easily one of my top ten Cal Raleigh moments of all time, uh, you know, lets him have somebody who's a little more experienced, experienced at the position, could, like, maybe kind of teach him... You know, here's here's what's been helpful for me in working with pitchers. I think there is a value to that. And if you give back Terenz in the deal, like, I mean, to me, I guess that's like a wash. But as far as like upgrades, I agree. Like Toro needs to be off. (laughs) Toro needs to be in Tacoma as of yesterday. I don't know what he's still doing here. It's deeply frustrating to me. Um once Hanager comes back, I think Toro will be bounced summarily. And, and he's got options, so they don't have to lose him or anything. But, man, I watched him pop up a bunch today. And it's just watching his at-bats makes me want to shove toothpicks under my fingernails. Like, it is just that painful. So, to me, I think that's the most obvious gaping black hole. Is anytime I see Abraham Toro in the game... You know, to lesser extent, Sam Haggerty coming up with the bases loaded, as he seems to have done all the time lately, or Dylan Moore. Um, you know, you just don't want to—I don't mind seeing them sometimes, but, like, the frequency with which we've been seeing them coming up in clutch situations is troubling. Oh, I was just going to say, our, our friend Zach Left had a good tweet that I liked that said the. The next Mariners team to make the playoffs, their lineup's going to be Paul Goldschmidt at first, Arenado at third, Juan Soto in left, uh, Abraham Toro at DH. And uh, I felt like that felt felt about right. There's a weird commitment to Abraham Toro that I I am, for for (laughs) one or for many, I do not not understand. Don't get. All right. Sorry, Evan, go ahead. I was going to say, I think that one of the narratives I'm seeing, not from coming from us specifically, but kind of like on Twitter and in the Mariner sphere and a little bit from the team, because, you know, it's essentially propaganda, which is what they do. uh, But is this this kind of narrative that, oh, we're going to get Mitch and Kyle back and those are our reinforcements and we're going to play better because we're going to have, you know, these, these core missing pieces. And while, yes, Mitch is probably one of the Mariners top five hitters, if not top three when he's healthy. Um, and, and Kyle Lewis is in that discussion as well. It's likely that like some of these guys coming back, you know, Kyle already looks a little bit rough in his, the few games he's been back. It's just possible that the team doesn't play better than they've played recently is the way I would phrase it. Like Sam Haggerty has played out of his mind. I don't know if Mitch Haniger is actually going to play better than 125 WRC plus Sam Haggerty. You know what I mean? Like, even if he's a better player, the actual performance we've gotten recently from some of these players in their stead has been pretty excellent, even if it's just been a short sample. And so the narrative that the Mariners are due to, like, get healthier and be better, I don't think is necessarily going to be what we see because they've been really good and they are healthier, but they may not be as good as they were last month and during, you know, the 14 game win streak, as it were. Um so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this all sorts out. And it's likely that one of Mitch or Kyle or somebody doesn't play well. And that will force the team to figure out how to arrange around that too. And I, a big question that I have is what to do with Jesse Winker. 
because I personally would really love to see Jared get some at bats for this team and there's nowhere for him to play. Um, what do you guys think about that? I don't think it's that uh, I I don't think I don't think we need to replace Jesse Winker at bats, although he's been concerningly not very good this year. Um, and I'm willing to take the longer road with Kelnick and really say, hey, get yourself right, focus on development in AAA and think about him a little bit, not quite this this, this next wave, because I think he fits this wave of contention, but saying, hey, you're going to have a spot on this team because we know and we believe in your potential. And, you know, you're going to be the, the you know, guy that comes up off the bench um, in, in some impact. So I'd say, you know, I, I'd rather just keep running out these guys. And if uh, Winker continues to really struggle, you can call up Kelnick and turn Winker into your fourth outfielder. But I'd rather believe that Winker is more likely to turn it around than Kelnick is to uh, really become what we hoped he would become and also be better than Winker would be the, these next two months. I think now is not the right time to call up Jared. Like, just because, I mean, he's been doing better. Uh, I think he's up to like almost 300 in Tacoma, 357, 560, something like that. Um, so he is hitting better than he has been. He's cut down the strikeouts, although not cut them to when he was like really in charge of his game. The walks have gone down a little. The strikeouts have risen. Um, you know, a lot of that offensive production is coming in the PCL, which is notoriously hitter friendly. I just don't want Jared to have that pressure. Like these are successful numbers and I want him to continue to be feeling successful and, um, you know, maybe not feel like he has to put the Mariners on his shoulders when they have a night like tonight, you know, where they just flail against Verlander. Um, if Lewis or Hanager gets hurt again, which I feel like either one of them are very likely, then I would be thrilled to see Jared get another chance. But as it is now, to me, I would prefer to roll with what we have and kind of let Jared continue developing away from the spotlight because it's been a tough road for him in that regard. I should caveat when I say Jared, I really mean Jared or Trammell. Or Kyle Lewis, any one of our outfielder prospects in quotes who are kind of fighting for playing time and will probably be behind Winker. Although they they have been playing Kyle in the outfield, um, which is an adventure so I far. I love it. I didn't know. I mean, he made a there. great catch tonight, and I was just like mentally calculating okay. the amount of meniscus fluid that like went away in service of what like an eleven to one loss. Like, yeah, no, I don't. I don't need to see too much Kyle Lewis in the field, which is really tough because now they have Carlos Santana too, which I do wonder like how long Santana's leash is going to be with the club because he's been, you know, obviously a, a central force, but it's hard because you can't have both Carlos Santana and Ty France and Kyle Lewis all needing time in the DH spot. So when Hanager comes back, I wonder what's going to happen on that front. Sounds like it's going to be soon, too. Um, they're thinking Mitch might be activated as soon as the week. So um, probably, I'm guessing when we get back from New York, when they're back in Seattle. I don't think they'll activate him. Otherwise, it would be tomorrow after the game for the New York series. So that's probably unlikely. But um, yeah, on the 5th, I think, is when they're back in Seattle. So Mitch is due. Uh, do we have any other specific questions on Twitter? I've slowly been kind of glossing it, and a lot of them are not really like. Yeah, real nope. Questions. I just hit uh, somebody with a mute. By the way, if you reply to a genuine like ask for questions with like something snarky, I will just hit you with the mute, and you can scream into the void for as long as you want. Like there, <laughs> I have so many people muted. Uh, you know, be real, and we appreciate those of you who are like who ask real questions and like want to kind of spark dialogue and we really try to get to a lot of these questions i think one more thing that um that i would like to address which comes from james roberts at junk ball pigeon who is always a good source of questions is 
do we try and severely limit our innings on Kirby with this move, or are we flipping Flexen? We also got a lot of other questions um, just about like how Castillo fits into the rotation. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Racy is slot, Kirby is Kirby stuff, headed yeah. back to AAA? My feeling is I feel like there's going to be a lot of like um, piggyback starts, and I hate to say it, but like right now, I think Marco is their least effective starter. Uh, it's yep. it's really yep, yep, yep. really rough to face that, but Marco has no, Marco is the worst performer in the in the rotation right now. But you also have Kirby, who's super young, and you're trying to take innings off of him. You also have Gilbert, who I think, even though he's like been in the league for a while now, is is still young, is still finding his footing, has gotten kind of knocked around a little. Although I thought he had a hero performance against the Astros, I was so mad at the team for not being able to pick him up on after what I thought was like a great start. Um, yeah, I think I I do think they get like a little creative with it, but I think if anyone has to sacrifice innings in a playoff push, it's got to be Marco. I just don't know how they're going to I I don't see how they could do that. So, it'll probably be like Kirby going back to AAA for a while and you know, maybe then coming back up for a playoff push. Could they go to a six man? Maybe. Um, except that there are, you know, now there's a pitcher limit and I think they would prefer to use that in the bullpen. So I don't know what happens. I do not know what happens. I mean, I know that, uh, Logan Gilbert, Robbie Ray, Luis Castillo, one, two, three is like pretty badass. Uh, Ooh, that's, that is fun to think about that coming out of the gate. And then, you know, I think Flexen has earned the right to be in that rotation. I think Kirby has probably pitched better than Marco over the past, but you can't do anything with Marco. So yeah, I think it, I think that it ends up with Kirby having his innings managed and like maybe coming back up when rosters expand. Is that still a thing? I also think, I think uh, the fact that Gilbert's pitched as many innings this year already as he did all of last year I wouldn't be surprised to see Gilbert skip a start or two, probably not two, but skip a start just to make sure that he's not doing anything too crazy and overtaxing his arm. I think Kirby will probably skip a couple starts. So I think you buy yourself a few weeks with uh, with people skipping starts and staying healthy. I think this ensures us against an injury. If anybody uh, goes down, uh, you're no longer starting Tommy Malone, which is a huge plus. So I, I, I think... You can you can scrounge your way to a couple innings, and you're likely going to need to have Scott have a tough conversation with Mark, where he says, "Hey, look, like you're a good, you're still a quality major league pitcher. You're just not as good as the guys that we have, and we need you to accept a new role and and take one for the team and be the leader that we know you are." And I hope that conversation goes over well. Um, and if it does, I think that the Mariners are going to be in a really good place with actual starting pitching depth for the first time in what feels like a while they should have that conversation with marco grant i i love that you just said that i really do i think that is the correct thing i'm worried there's a but here i don't think they do that yeah i don't think that i don't think they do i don't like i legitimately don't i don't think that they are like hey marco we're gonna bump you i think what they do is like kate said they kind of finagle this so that everybody gets a day off like in consecutive weeks kind of it's just hard with the ro- um, it's just hard with a- the roster limits like i think what they could do like gilbert has options so you could option him down and skip a start on him and bring him back up but oof, i you're putting yourself in a tough position if you are skipping one of your best pitchers starts and i don't think that's what playoff teams do i think they skip everybody like at least once but they mostly will do the skipping of Flex and Marco and Kirby starts specifically, but they'll pitch Ray and Castillo as much as they possibly can. Um, and, I mean, and if Gilbert. you send Tommy Malone, if you send Tommy Malone back down, you have a you have a swing spot, right? And you could use the swing spot as a six starter, and just have like Kirby set to go short days, 
and then you use the bullpen, but it just, it makes, it's a high degree of difficulty, I think, with managing it, and it, it means you can't have stuff happen like today. You can't have Robbie Ray blow up after 2.2 innings. You can't have Marco blow up after three innings, like, and that, I think, is kind of a big ask. Like, it basically means you have to hang your starter out to die out there, which... In a perfect world, they would do like Grant said, and they'd bump Marco or they'd do a six man, but they're going to make it hard on themselves and try and get cute with it, I think is my guess. I mean, I don't think they would have acquired Luis Castillo unless they had a plan for how to do it. So I guess it's like, we're just going to see how they enact that plan, right? Like, clearly they wouldn't have gone out and acquired this arm if they didn't think like, this is how we're going to work this person into rotation. So mm, it's very curious. And it's not just to acquire this arm, but like they've been signaling that they're in on starting pitching for what feels like weeks now. Like they they clearly have been thinking we're going to get a big arm. We need to do that to balance the innings and everything. So they clearly do have a plan. Um, And and perhaps I'm just being overly optimistic that everyone will say, yeah, I'm happy taking a lower role. Yeah, I'm happy pitching less and letting other new people pitch more. Um, But I feel like that's kind of what, what needs to happen. And so as a result, I, I hope it's what does happen. Yeah. Um, I will say, like, I think that the vibes for this team are exceptionally good. And it seems like everybody is just in it. And very much everybody is like, we are going to be the team to end the drought. And people don't care, like, what their role has to be. That they are going to be the ones who get that stupid graphic to stop coming up. That's like, you know, biggest droughts and... North American pro sports. Everybody wants that to go away. And I think there would be a huge, uh, a huge, for me, what an honor, like to just put yourself in that, in your, in those shoes, like to, to be one of the people who can say like, yeah, I helped stop a historic playoff drought. Like, I don't know, even if you're Abraham Toro, I think you get to say that. So they do feel a bit like a team of destiny Ooh. in that regard, and especially because it's Julio's year and it's his rookie season and he's the best. And Marco even said he's the best player that's ever been on the Mariners while he's been here. Like, I, I do. I think this is a team. All right. Of destiny. Uh, I'm going to back so. away from the team of destiny conversation very quickly <laughs> and respectfully uh, in the way that I do not want to invoke an ancient curse. So just. Keep in my Don't eyes. be afraid to love. Keep Kate. in my eyes straightforward. Uh, I will say, be politicized. Uh, anyway, BMD on Twitter. We'll close out with this. How beautiful is Julio on a scale of one to Griffey? And first of all, like I feel like we need to stop comparing Julio to Griffey. Like I know that it's so luscious and appealing to throw their stats up against one against the other, but like these are two very different people. And it's not too I, I think that for a lot of people, like seeing what Julio is doing next to seeing what Griffey does, like did like definitely puts it in context but like julio is his own special beautiful person so like i'm just gonna reword this to say how beautiful is julio on a scale of one to the most beautiful thing you can think of uh the phrase cellar door like objectively beautiful things beyonce like how beautiful is julio on a scale of one to beyonce um i mean Julio transcends scales to me. Like I, I would say Julio is full Beyonce. Like he is that he he has that much power to me. Uh, but what do you guys think? I think uh, being at the game, uh, just being at the games this past series and seeing what Julio meant to the team and and what his return meant to everybody. Uh, it's fun to watch, man. He's just he's a special talent and. To Evan's point, I'm not going to say Team of Destiny because I'm way too superstitious for that, but it does feel kind of poetic and it does feel like there's an energy to the team because of Julio's presence that is uh, undeniable and, and you know just ridiculously exciting. It feels like in hindsight, last year was the prequel or the prelude to this season in so many ways, and this is really season one of the Julio show both literally and figuratively and what it means for the Mariners. And yeah, I'm, I'm just all in. I'm 
continue to just be in awe of how it feels like I got everything I wanted this year already. You know, like I wanted there to be important baseball late into the season. If that meant playoffs, great. If it meant lots of development, even better. Um, And all the Mariners prospects have done really well. And Julio obviously has been at the forefront of that on a national level. But it's also been Kirby, whom the Mariners didn't trade and aren't going to trade and I'm grateful for. Um, It's been Cal, who is, you know, Kate, you and I have just been over the moon about what has happened to Cal and how he's developed this year. So, um, yeah, man, it's hard to draw up this year any better. It really is. Um, All the way down to the Mariners, getting an all-star, trading for their best pitcher at the deadline. Um, Because before the season, like, like you said, Grant, they've been talking about this for a while. They talked about this before the season. The whole preseason discussion really up into spring training was, oh, we're looking to add somebody at the front of the rotation. Uh, and they couldn't swing it, but they, they managed to. Here we are. So it feels good to take a real swing, take a real shot. At I this. think this is probably the best player the Mariners have ever acquired at a trade deadline. Um, I think uh, they're often the ones trading away this kind of talent and not like, adding this kind of talent. Uh, and yes, it's a heavy cost, but man, it's exciting to to not just be in the mix for that kind of player, but to actually go get him. Um, and my sense is that we're going to see the Juan Soto price if he does get moved and say, yeah, I don't think the Mariners could have matched that without literally signing over the rights to the Modesto Nuts, the Arkansas Travelers, and the Tacoma Rainiers to the Nationals. But none of you answered the question, which was, how beautiful is Julio? I mean, I was, I was hoping for like some kind of artistic expression. You brought on somebody who loves statistics and contracts. It's just the wrong, the wrong That's kind of true. question for that You're one. right. See, I needed John. John wasn't available. Um, you want like, he's like a Greek god. I, I, like, I don't know what you want. He's, he's, he's a, a beautiful renaissance It is statue. amazing to me that there is like not a bad picture of Julio. Like, he's so nope. photogenic. Like, I've just never seen him not looking, you know, like... God's entire light is shining out through him. So, how beautiful is he? He's a Seattle sunset on like a beautiful, perfect summer day. Is who? Ugh. Also, I just saw uh, the Modesto Nuts tweeted final score, not a good night for us, which, ah, uh, thoughts and prayers, Modesto Nuts. They are feel bad, feel bad for them. Um, excited to watch Luis Castillo. He's apparently like going to be in line to make a start in New York this next week. So we'll see. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm going to say to like, see him in Northwest green, see him with his boys, Eugenio and, uh, and, and Winker who both seemed really stoked to have him. So, yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna spend a little time tonight being sad over Edwin Arroyo and Noel V. Marte, both of whom I put a lot of prospecting time into and uh, really admire as people and as players, and you know, have so much hope for them to have bright futures. And uh, don't screw it up, Reds. Is is what else I would like to say about that. Uh, So anyway, the next time we talk to you, it will be with Luis Castillo as a Mariner. It will be after having finished the season against the the Houston Astros. They cannot hurt us anymore. And uh, yeah, hopefully with some more fun things to talk about. So until next time, bye! Bye!